Alright, what's up everybody? I'm back. It's good to be back on. Hope everyone's doing really awesome. Th cheers for coming on and listening to APNS. I am your host, Aaron Parker. So, yeah, hope everyone's doing really good. Cheers for coming on once again. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So, it's really good to get back on the uh, podcast vibes all over again and uh, see what we can do from here. So, man, what do I start? Where do I start with this whole podcast shit? Um, yeah, I got an SI joint injury. That fucking sucked. Um, let's talk about my recent achievement. A 100km assault bike ride, 62.2 miles. Go Google that shit. I fucking did it in 2 hours and 53 minutes and 46 seconds. Hell of a feat. Super, super happy about it. I want to go 100 miles at some point in the future. Um, but if I'm going to do that, I'll probably do it for charity. Or something like that. Um... Because obviously, fucking no bloke's gonna fucking do that shit without some sort of philanthropy, philanthropic effort. Although, like, you know, people would just like to do shit just like me, just for a challenge, you know, a physical challenge to, or a mental challenge. Um, and that's why I do challenges like this, man. The, the big old endurance challenges, man, just fucking really uh, test the, the mind, the will, the body, the spirit to extents that weight training just doesn't do. So that's why. I still really respect endurance work and I really always have a huge admiration for fucking runners. Runners just, they're built different mentally, man. Like fucking some of the guys that I've seen on Strava and shit like that, some of the uh, bloody fucking achievements that these guys take on, it's just insane. Like they, they take on, like one guy in Miami, Mike Shevard, I'm going to try and get him on the podcast soon. And, went, and fucking, he's done 578, no, probably now 580 consecutive half marathons. Like, fuck me. Like, that's that's incredible. That's fucking incredible. And none of them have been done on a treadmill. Every single one has been done outdoors through the shittiest of weather. And particularly, they had that um, that, um, that rough uh, storm or hurricane in Florida, which is, it's just bloody insane. Like, shout out to, shout out to Micah, man. He, we will get him on the podcast. I'm going to try and send him an email and see if we can arrange times and everything like that, whether it's going to be super early in the morning. Um, fucking, I just, I'm, I just, I need to get him on. I need to get him on. This guy's an absolute monster, complete savage. But yeah, there's other guys as well. Um, shout out to Ben Weeks as well. Uh, the Barefoot Daddy as well um, from UK. He did 31 consecutive Barefoot Half Marathons, which is just unbelievable. He did that for charity as well. So shout out to Ben. That's bloody incredible, man. Um, Brady Silverwood. 202 consecutive half marathons in America as well. That's just unbelievable. Ran across America. Uh, Hella Seibel, you know, almost at a run streak of 2,000 days in a row, and he still looks pretty damn decent. Nick Bear, man, the hype, the Audrey hybrid athlete, you know. Um, yeah, James Lawrence, Alex Viata. Um, there's, there's so many guys out there that are just freak shows with the endurance. Now, one thing I'm going to talk to you guys about now today, with that in the top of my mind, is to be the interference effect and combining cardiovascular training with strength training. Now, is this possible? Absolutely. It's very, very possible. It's very, very possible. Whoever t who tells you it doesn't, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really arrogant and absolute here. I don't like to sound like absolutes, but they're dead wrong. They're dead wrong. You can absolutely combine cardiovascular training with strength training and still have a jacked physique or still look pretty damn good, male or female. Um, it's gonna come down to multiple things. One, gradual exposure to cardio. Uh, vascular training so you don't want to go into like I did pretty much a 100k assault bike straight off the bat because that could just cause a lot of just pain inside the tendons and ligaments uh, you want to give yourself a decent amount of time to where you can slowly gradually 
take yourself to a decent level of strength conditioning uh, to a decent amount of conditioning and where your body can tolerate a decent amount of work capacity and workload. That's very, very important. Um, so that's important. That's number one. Two, I'm going to say caloric intake. You need to up up those calories when you're doing rigorous cardiovascular activity. Um, this is a very, very important aspect to make sure that when you're doing these rigorous cardiovascular activities, you're also doing intra-workout snacks as well or energy gels. So I used energy gels for the 100 kilometer assault bike and I had no issues with my tummy at all. My tummy didn't uh, get hurt. It didn't feel awful. It actually felt really, really decent. So I definitely do recommend getting into gels or some sort of intra-workout snack that's very fast digesting carbohydrates or something like honey, rice cakes are gonna be excellent choices for sure. Or even a combination of honey and rice cakes or bananas as well as a great one. Uh, bananas are fantastic. Um, a medium one is kind of food like English muffins, which I think is a decent carbohydrate alternative. If you haven't got rice cakes, or you just can't be fucked getting rice cakes. But every store has rice cakes, every grocery has rice cakes, so you should be able to get rice cakes in your time. So this is very, very important to understand, as well as hydration. Hydration is very key during these times. You need to eyeball park around 300 to 400 milliliters per 30 minutes, um, plus a decent electrolyte profile. So you don't want an, an essential amino acids taking you all the way through. You need a damn solid electrolyte powder that you need to do with, you, with your own research. I'm looking into edge electrolytes. Edge electrolytes are definitely gonna be an electrolytes powder that I'm gonna try and go for, or within uh, within brand from Mark Bell is another brand I'm considering as well. Um, so those are brands that I'm considering to try and use for electrolytes. This is going to be very, very important, man. Uh, particularly as I next year, I'm going to take on more endurance-based activity um, later on in the year. Particularly as it starts to get to summer in 2023, I'm going to start to train up for a half marathon again and get back into a half marathon. Uh, because fuck, man, I I came for blood uh, during that uh, October cut. Oh, it was around 2021. I had some Achilles, some serious Achilles tendonitis that I just, I, it was unbearable to run. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely come back to running a half marathon for sure. And I'm gonna come back much better than ever, much better. And leaner, uh, I'm not gonna be at 10% this time around. I'm gonna probably stick to around 12 to 13% and stick there year round for my training. Um, and of course, the thing about you know being a more bulkier athlete as well it sounds fucking dumb and people say oh what's the logic all that stuff right um do i believe in bulking and cutting no but um i do believe in bulking and cutting i do but as well at the same time if somebody wanted to keep a 12 to 13 percent year round and just try and gain some muscle through that it's not as bad as some of these hypertrophy coaches make it out to be where you're not going to gain where you're going to get fuck all muscle you're going to gain a decent amount of muscle if you just really work your ass off and your nutrition is just bang on point um or you just obviously have to you know how to strategize your carbohydrates you know when to implement cheat meals before pr days you know blah blah, blah deloads etc 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 you don't need to really deload a crazy amount when it comes to weight training like deloads I used to be a big proponent uh, for deloads, but to be honest, you have a reactive deload and a proactive deload. Honestly, a deload should come, no bullshit, like once every 12 to 16 weeks. Like seriously, deloads are something that you straight up just don't need much of. Um, the only thing that you need to do if you're feeling a little shit that week is literally just pull back the volume and that's it. 
Like, it's not that difficult. It's not that tough. But most of the time, deloads can be definitely very helpful. But deloads happen through life. So deloads happen through holidays, uh, work breaks, you know, you get fucked up on New Year's Eve and you just want to take a week off or you just want to take some time off or reduce the volume, which is something I plan to do during Christmas break is just de just take a, you know, very low-key rest period uh, for training during that Christmas break, New Year's Eve break. Um, and then get back to it around just like early January. So around that like fucking, like just the start of January type of thing. You know what I mean? So New Year's Eve, obviously I'm going to have a party. I'm going to go out and have some fun, shit like that. But then after that, I'm going to go fucking probably just, I don't know, just get hungover and just stay at the house. I still got to do my sled. The sled goal was 365 and that's probably finished. That's finishing the February 25th. Uh, the February the 5th, 2023, which the date on that will be a... Uh, let me check. It will be a Monday. Yeah, it'll be a Monday. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it'll be Monday. Oh no, it'll be a Sunday. Sunday? Yeah, 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 it'll be a Sunday. It'll be Sunday. It'll be Sunday the 5th, uh, 2023. So it'll be on a Sunday where a year will be concluded, which is... That's huge, you know what I mean? That's massive. Um very excited for that that's gonna be really really wicked man oh no it's gonna be a monday so my apologies yeah but it's gonna be monday the 6th uh of february 2023 that's crazy man um i'm not gonna go any further than 365 i've made a commitment to that 365 was gonna be the day um and people say well why don't you just go more nah i can't be bugged after 365 man i'll probably just take a couple weeks off and then i'll do the sled maybe three to four times a week and that's it um I'm not going to go any more than what I have to with the sled. Uh, it's totally unnecessary. Um, any more than what I have to do. It's just it's just a point of diminishing returns. You're not, I'm not really going to get any extra benefit from the sled except for nucleus overload, which I, I, I personally believe is a legit thing. That's a bro science thing of mine, but um, I, I generally reckon it's a thing where you have a massive super compensation in that activity and then when you deload off of it and you just get back to it you just like turn into a freak show you pr you get strong as hell at it that's 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 what i see anyway but the sled has not actually has done zero interference with my training zero interference um if anything i've actually gotten much stronger during this period and i packed on a shit ton of size while doing the sled work and the sled work it's not easy like every day is reasonably tough you still have to go out there and pull a damn sled you know what i mean um every day is different though so you're going to get a different pump a different stimulus in the quads and in the in the hips as well in the tibialis anterior so you're going to get a you're going to get a little bit of a different like novelty stimulus every single time um with the with the sled but i love it it's so much fun so much fun i i love it man it's really cool it's really enjoyable and it's a really cool thing, man. Um, but yeah, this is a. Uh, I'm I'm, I, I really do enjoy this sled. I think it's a terrific uh, cardiovascular challenge for sure. So yeah, okay. So I will also. So caloric intake was number two. So obviously, just making sure you're eating enough calories to compensate for the fact that you need to burn off more calories during the endurance work, particularly if you're going for like mar marathon training or half marathon training you're going to need a decent amount of calories during this period of time to make sure either you're at maintenance or you're just in a slow calorie deficit 
An aggressive calorie deficit during running periods and weight training is pretty rough. Three, you need to get a minimum effective dosage volume and intensity for your weight training and for your running. Now, this is important because your minimum effective dosage is going to increase and increase and increase and increase and increase as you start to get more accustomed to the new level of work capacity you've developed through your new cardiovascular health and through your new uh, work capacity. Uh, because obviously, as you start to train and run, your body's going to think, okay, it gives us no choice but to recover, right? So when you're starting to go for 11 kilometer runs, let's say, and then you got to go in zone two, so you got to really slow down and get your heart rate down to like fucking some godforsaken speed, like six minutes per kilometer. It fucking sucks, I'll tell you that. It's not nice. But that's going to be, that's going to allow you to be a better athlete in general when you start to slow down your pace to zone two. Zone two is very, very important. It's gonna make sure that you're really getting your heart rate to a decent level where you're gonna make sure that you're building the aerobic the aerobic energy system. So how I like to dictate zone two without like any type of Apple Watch or Whoop or anything like that you should have these, by the way, if you're running. I don't care what anybody says. You need to get an Apple Watch. Whoop sucks. I don't I don't like the Whoop. The Whoop, I'm not a fan of. I don't fuck with the Whoop at all. Because what I didn't like about the Whoop when I wore it is that I felt like it was too much of a dictator to how I felt. And it became a placebo effect that day. So if I felt like I was at 10... If the thing said 10% recovery, right, in the Whoop, I was like, shit, okay, then I feel like rubbish today, right? When in reality, it was like, eh, do I feel bad? Or is that just me, the whoop telling me that I feel bad, right? Um, so I feel like the whoop could create a bit of a, a bit of a misconception in your mind to say, hey, like, if the whoop said this, then it has to be definitively that. Do you get where I'm coming from? So Apple Watch, I think, should be your go-to. Apple Watch or a Garmin. A Garmin is really, really good then you need Strava. You need Strava, man. Just to flex off the runs. But not only that as well, um, it's just going to be a really cool app to make sure that you're accountable. Um, but yeah, um, I'm keen to get back into running. Like, running's going to be really, really cool. Uh, which shoe I'm going to use? Honestly, fucking, I don't know. Um, shoes are always a bit of an air eh thing for me, man. Like, everyone's like, this shoe, that shoe, this shoe, that shoe. I may just go in my Vivo Barefoots and run. Not just for the sake of oh barefoot running, oh, and to be at all a bit of a hipster and stuff like that with barefoot running, it's just that I have Vivo barefoots like all in my closet. So I was like, okay, I might as well just wear Vivo barefoots and just run in my Vivos, man. Um, which is good. Like I mean, I like my Vivos; they feel great, they're nice. Um, and yeah, man, like for me as well, like after running doesn't really affect my leg workouts as much as I would think it would. Like believe it or not shocking gas it does nothing to my legs man like i don't feel any type of pain i don't feel sore like it doesn't decrease my strength on leg days like it's generally not that tough for me to recover from runs like it's not so it's going to be interesting man i'm, I'm very keen to see where the running takes me in terms of finding that volume and intensity next year and me getting into a calorie deficit again obviously that means my volume and my intensities for workouts well intensity can maintain intensity i can keep up but the volume it needs to decrease 
Um, and the time that I'm in the gym as well needs to decrease as well. So I, I may be in the gym band for maybe three times a week or even two times a week full body. And that's literally it. And then all I got to do is just make sure that my nutrition is somewhat bang on. So 90, 95% bang on in the 5% time. Um, if I need a big run that day, I carbohydrate the fuck out of my body and then run. So what it should dictate is that your calories should never be the same from day to day to day. So it shouldn't be like, let's say 2000 calories in a calorie deficit. It should be that if you have a low body day that day, you need more food in that day specifically. So instead of going 2000, maybe you go 2250 on the leg session. And then if you have a run, a long run, a long, easy run on Tuesday, then you need to make sure that your calories that day are reasonably high as well. So maybe that's a 2,300 calorie day. Then on Wednesday, let's say you have pool. So you have a back and buy session with rear delts as well. Then you got to make sure that your calories are about 2,100, just so you're giving yourself enough calories to just obviously train. And most of those carbohydrates and those calories would come pre-workout. So you're getting enough carbohydrates to obviously send some heavy ass weight. Then obviously you need your post-workout food as well. So majority of the food is going to come around pre to post-workout for the for the 2,100 calorie session. And then all you got to do is just moderate your breakfast, lunch, and dinner from or your breakfast and your dinner from that point on. So let's say after the session, your post-workout is a lunch, right? Um, and then maybe your breakfast is going to be your pre-workout meal, right? So you eat a decent amount for breakfast and then you get a decent amount of food for lunch and then dinner's just something very light, but just going to still hit your calorie and micro, macronutrient, macronutrient goals. So that's how I would go about, for example, somebody programming um, somebody's nutrition and I'd allow for a decent flexibility as well um, if they need it. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of go about somebody's nutritional needs as well. Okay, um, so yeah, that's another one. So calorie intake, minimum effective dosage of volume and intensity. And number four, this is gonna be a red hot take, but I think weight is very important as well for these type of things. So you need to be at a weight where you're getting a, you have good muscle mass on your body, but you're not too shredded and lean. So you're not gonna be like a fucking marathon runner with scrawny as hell, but you're not gonna be an overly jacked bodybuilder. You kind of wanna get a fine line. So that's where getting into a 12 to 15, a, a, 14, a 12 to 14% body fat is honestly gonna be quite essential for being a hybrid athlete, right? If you're leaner, if you're get, if you're really like taking your marathon or half marathon prep seriously, you honestly may need to think about getting into that 10 to nine to 10% for just maybe a week or two. I'm not even kidding you. Like it's like, like these are the things that people tell you not to do. But if you're like wanting to fucking do so well and excel the hell out of your marathon training or your half marathon training or whatever, right? Getting to a point where you're borderline being shredded. Honestly, it's not ideal and I don't recommend it for just a general pop athlete or just somebody who's just looking to fucking get a little leaner I'll just tell them 12% is the max you're gonna go that's it right but but if I had a client that said hey I am willing to do whatever it takes to get a little slight edge in my marathon or half marathon training I'm gonna tell them hey if you're willing to understand the consequences and the physiological demands 
and the psychological demands that being 9-10% to body fat does and you're going to be ready for that tough ride hey let's go for it let's go for it if you're willing to do that type of stuff okay let's go so if they're committed to it we'll take them down there and we'll go we'll take them down we'll peak for that sub sub 10 percent then we'll bulk it back up reverse diet out and then just get ready to fucking you know and then we'll carve up before the um run as well so we'll get them to a point where the individual's nine and a half percent body fat let's say for an example and then 24 hours before the run i'm telling them just send whatever you can send whatever you can just a stack of carbohydrates um a stack of food stack of food eat the food just go to the cows home with food don't get to the point where you're obviously getting it sick and you're gonna vomit but eat food like send whatever's in sight to an adequate extent so if you wanted to go get burgers and chips that night go get burgers and chips if you wanted a fucking ice cream go get the ice cream just eat eat right and that's what that's what powerlifters do man they come in for their weight cuts and stuff like that and then they just eat they just eat they eat till the cows go home man and that's very very important man and that's something that uh obviously i strategize for the runs and i'm, I'm thinking so far ahead i'm a guy that always tends to think ahead of what he has to for events and it's a bit of a bite in the ass but at the same time i somewhat that's just somewhat who i am i always just precursor and pre-think ahead of time when it's needed so that's probably my pride talking more than anything when you have to think that far ahead of schedule but at the same time if you're not if you're not prepped up then what the fuck are you doing you know what i mean so i'm i'm excited it's gonna be really cool um so yeah one what the fuck was one one had something to do yeah so two i do remember two <laughs> I do remember two, it was cal caloric intake, making sure your caloric intake's up to scratch. Three, making sure that you're finding a minimum effective dosage of volume and intensity. Oh, number one was gradual exposure to the cardiovascular training. Okay, so one is gra gradual exposure to cardiovascular training. Uh, number two is going to be... Um, uh, shit, man. It was your caloric intake i've been clumsy as fuck today the heat's getting to me man um so yeah gradual exposure to the cardiovascular training caloric intake uh minimum effective dosage of volume and intensity four is going to be body composition uh, making sure you're um finding robust solutions to improve your body composition relative to your cardiovascular cardiovascular training okay so that means you're probably going to have to get a little bit leaner for the cardiovascular training um but you don't want to get too shredded unless you're obviously looking to be ultra competitive at marathon running then you need to obviously get to a cal caloric deficit or to a state where you're going to get borderline sh borderline shredded so shredded in my opinion is considered that eight percent body fat um but that's a very very rare occasion for anybody ha to having to go that far because you still need a decent amount of muscle mass on your body now if you're a freak show and you're just fucking strong as shit like you're nasty strong at a lot of lift squat deadlift bench you know pull-ups dips blah 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 dumbbells you know rows whatever whatever all this stuff right you just have a, a fantastic physique right your physique is phenomenal drug free just a phenomenal physique right you could get away with going nine to nine to ten percent body fat 
Now, if you're just some guy that's just borderline intermediate, no. I'll just tell you to go to 12% and just keep it at that, you know? Because your caloric intake anyway, if you're doing Ironman training at 12% body fat, you're going to have to eat a lot of food, a lot of food. Because you're going to be moving about, up and about, wherever. So you need to eat. You need to eat. That's important. Um, or you get into a very small calorie deficit. So you still have enough energy to make sh you still have enough energy storage to get away with doing more work right so to increase that work capacity because at that point if you're just a slug it fucking you're just willing yourself man like a david goggins type shit man so yeah definitely don't do that so yeah i want to talk about the 100 kilometer assault bike now so i did it on tuesday um so i went to a gym here in perth that's a no shit comment but when i went to this gym before I went, I got myself a ghost energy drink, the orange creamsicle flavor, which is a very, very nice flavor. Very nice. Very nice. I need to try the watermelon flavor. Now, this is the first caffeinated drink that I've had in about three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. So it has been a goddamn long time since I've had caffeine, but I didn't feel it. So that's okay. I don't mind that. Uh, but that's going to be my only caffeinated drink for probably the next three to four weeks again. <laughs> so... Um, obviously the caffeine consumption is just another podcast topic. I don't feel like I need to present much of my opinion on that right now. I think it's a quite a controversial opinion I have about caffeine, maybe. Um, so yeah, anywho, anywho, um, yeah, so I had that, went to supplement March and all that stuff. Uh, got myself a ghost energy drink and all that stuff. Grabbed energy gels from Coles, which was pretty cool. These were like lime flavored. I just grabbed whatever the hell's on the bloody um on the shelves so whatever energy gels on the shelf i just yoinked grabbed i never tried energy gels once in my life either so this is gonna be the this was the first ever time i tried it so i was somewhat scared but i was somewhat pretty confident with what i was doing um because i kind of knew my game I, I i woke up with the game plan that morning and i slept on it on what the game plan was going to be i manifested it i visualized it quite a lot in my headspace and what I was going to do and how I was going to feel and how I was going to look. So the whole thing was planned out so immaculately for how how spontaneous the idea was that I didn't train for it and I thought of it two days ago before the actual event, before the actual thing, two days ago. So it was Sunday that I thought, okay, maybe I could do a 100 kilometer assault bike on Tuesday. I had some time, I had a lot of spare time that day to do whatever the fuck I wanted. I had fucking nothing on. So I was like, okay, this is a rare opportunity for me because I have fuck all on, which is very rare for me to do, for, for me to have. Um, so I was ready to really put some work in. So I was keen, I was excited. And I've always had a very good gas tank with the, um, excuse me, with the, with the assault bike. I've always been very, very strong with bikes in general i've always been able to handle a, a shit ton of endurance work with bikes uh, the fact that i could do a 100 kilometer assault bike because that has resistance on it like legitimate resistance that bikes somewhat have on the road because of wind and tail and tail light but <clears throat> excuse me in general they don't have the, res the resistance of an assault bike where it gets harder as you push more harder on or exert more harder on the assault bike so it's a different ball game different ball game to a road bike and it's stationary so 
the stationary part does make a difference because obviously you're trying you you're not using your trunk muscles per se on a fucking road bike but there is lateral wind forces as well that are still coming into fruition as well when you're riding a road bike so there is quite a decent amount of differences between a road bike and a stationary bike but the assault bike i think compensates for that with the added the very hefty added resistance and the rotational um and extension component for the upper body as well so through the spine so i feel like the two kind of balance themselves out when it comes to differences and positives and negatives but the assault bike's a monster it's a monster but i i think the assault bike in general is a very underrated steady state cardio component a lot of people use it for high intensity interval training and rightfully so it's a fantastic high intensity interval training tool but or interval training tool but i honestly love it love it for steady state i think it's an incredible steady state tool definitely the most underrated steady state tool in the game for sure and a lot of gyms are really starting to catch on to how good the assault bike is for the spine and the upper body and for individuals that have lower body injuries they can put their legs onto the, the cylinders to where the, uh, the handles connect as well which is really really cool so and still get a decent upper body uh, stimulus and cardiovascular stimulus alongside the ski erg as well and that's what it's all about guys develop a great gas tank and it's going to really develop your work capacity in the gym and not only that as well it's bullshit i think it's bullshit excuse my language i find it ridiculous how people generally generally find that something like the uh the, the, the cardiovascular training on the assault bike or ski erg is really going to diminish anybody's gains it's going to do fuck all to your gains it really will if you seriously eat enough calories and you go to bed and you're doing you're slowly building up to it like i didn't <laughs> but in general you're gonna be fine like seriously you will be okay you the, the you're gonna if you're doing a half marathon every day like a mica you're gonna lose a little bit a little bit of muscle mass like a little bit it's so bare minimal though so bare minimal it's not even funny um you'll be shocked you'll be shocked on the limitation of a drug three athlete and what they can take their bodies through before they call it a day and say quote unquote overtrain right um so you'll be shocked you'll be shocked but yeah no i really really enjoy a lot of cardiovascular tools like the ski erg the rower the assault bike something that just moves the scapulas and just moves the upper body in general i think is a really really cool uh tool or training tools those three are my go-to cardiovascular training assets is the the ski erg the rower and the assault bike those are my top three right there then i'll go spin bike as four right spin bike is still very underrated in my opinion i'm a huge uh, spin bike guy love it um the elliptical is fucking overrated i don't care what anybody says i i just don't find it that menacing of a tool or a tool or kind of asking machine the cool thing about the elliptical though is that it's gonna burn a lot of calories very quickly like it's gonna make sure you're working straight off the bat so in that perspective, I like the elliptical for just time convenience and time-saving consumption where your your heart rate's going to get rapidly fast very quickly. But in general, we don't we don't look to see how many calories uh, somebody's burning with cardiovascular training. We're just looking to see if they're going to improve their cardiovascular health through maintaining a zone 2 pace, um, making sure that they're, you know, nasal breathing as a decent pacer. Now, nasal breathing can detriment your performance once it starts to get to a decent heart rate height so nasal breathing fuck the nitrate oxide bullshit that people always like to talk about some, some half these cunts don't even know what the fuck nitrate nitric oxide is so fuck up with that shit 
the thing that we need to talk about with nasal breathing is that placebo-wise, for a lot of individuals, it's an excellent pacemaker. It's a fantastic internal pacemaker for the body. I am a huge fan of nasal breathing for the element that it allows you to dictate your pace and maintain control. Pretty much like what people tell you to do with weight training. When you're lifting dumbbells on a bench press ride, you want to control the movement. You don't want the joints and the ligaments controlling the movement. You want the muscles to control the movement, right? Same thing with nasal breathing and cardio. You want the nose and the diaphragm and the air dictate the pacing at which you're going. So you're not over going over the top or going too less. You want to go just in a medium and finding a good range. So you want to find a 140 to a 120, right? Between that ballpark right there or even a 120 to a 150 for some athletes, right? Some people can get away with doing 145 beats per minute as an average for an hour and they're okay. But I can't do that. Like it kills me. Like 150 beats per minute for an hour, that would destroy me. That would destroy me for my rest of my day. Even if I ate the calories, I'd be so spent and tired. It's not even funny. I'd crash. But I can easily, easily get away with about 120 to 130 beats per minute every single day for an hour. And it would do fuck all to my gains. And it would, wouldn't interfere with my day one single bit, except for the fact that I did an hour of cardio. And that's it. So you need to find your a good volume of cardio that gives you your time convenience outside of the gym where you're not killing yourself in the gym for hours and hours and hours on end and then fucking you're you're coming into the gym i mean you're got you're coming into the gym and taking three hours there you know what i mean so you're not in the gym for four to five hours blah 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 for the sake of just cardio and weights and taking too long right and you still have time outside of that gym where you have a life that's important because the gym isn't everything so just remember that and keep that into place so if you if you could do a 10 kilometer ski erg let's say in 45 minutes that's cool like do that on the <coughs> either do that on a second part of the day so obviously if you're single or you just don't have like if you're just able to potentially fit in two sessions in a day that's fantastic that's great um props to you if you could do that so obviously or if you, even if you have like a, a cardiovascular machine at home use it at home so first thing in the morning get up 45 minutes of whatever type of cardiovascular machine you're using get a decent amount of sweat get to a sweat where you can talk in a sentence and then you have to catch yourself a breath go shower eat your food blah, blah blah then in the evening you have your weight training so that could be a really cool way to dictate and separate your sessions um it's very very plausible to have double sessions people think that double sessions in a day is some you know god tier task to do but I'll, like you could do it like it's not an impossible task to pull off like it's not difficult if you if you if you're in the industry it's quite an easy thing to do because obviously that's your job and that's your livelihood so you're going to want to set the example for your body and how you look but as well be an action orientated individual with goals and tasks physically and mentally for the human body but the average joe can't do that it's too tough so that's why I would say for the average Joe, hey, two times a week, 20 minutes, get on a salt bike, let's work. And then steps, 8,000. That's it. 8,000. Nothing more, nothing less. You don't need to go fucking like uber, uber bullshit ham with, <clears throat> excuse me, with the amount of, um, with the amount of cardiovascular training you have to do if you're a general pop, right? Gen pop don't need more than that, right? So go to the gym two to three times a week with two two of those sessions 20 minutes on the bike go home 
That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all that's all the gem pop needs, man. Three sessions. <coughs> Excuse me. Is let's say I got Jenny on three full body sessions. Two of those two out of those three full body sessions, we're hitting some cardio twenty minutes after the session. Now every single day of the week, minimum eight thousand steps. Then we're good. We're good. We're good. That's all we need. That's all we need. How do we track that? iPhone, Apple Watch, whatever the hell you want to use. Some sort of phone, some sort of Apple Watch, some sort of watch that you can use. Fitbit, blah, 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 right? So that's important to dictate the usage of cardiovascular training dependent on the context of the client. So if the client needs more cardiovascular training because he's a competitive runner or obviously he's doing double sessions he's doing mma blah 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 blah, right so there's context to it if the guy's in the in the industry already he could get away with doing a double session there's no excuse for the guy not to get away with the doubles the, the for the individual to not get away with doing a double session if they are a pt if they have a pt they got a decent amount of free time on their hands right so that's important that's important you got to make sure that you're at a point where you can still hit the weights decently hard, decently hard, but then still run at a moderate to low pace and still reap your cardiovascular health benefits and still look to improve your personal record times for your half marathon slash marathon, whatever you're going to do. Another guy as well, Gary McKee. Shout out to Gary McKee in Britain. He's at 306 marathons in 306 days. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. You'll be shocked on what the mind can pull yourself to if you let it go to it. So, incredible stuff, man. Like, the human body, the abdominal spirit, and the will of it. Fucking insane, man. And even that Ned guy, man. Uh, I forgot his name. He did a um, 100 kilometers in like 40 days or something like that with around Australia. Bloody incredible, man. Bloody incredible. I was so in marvel of what runners can really pull off. It's just unbelievable. Runners are just incredible humans, man. Just like what they're able to pull off, what the spirit brings to the table. It's just unreal, man. It's unreal. Anyway, guys, I'm uh I'ma head off. I really appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for the love. And the respect and the patience that you guys have had for me coming back. Make sure you obviously leave a comment, rate it, and uh, yeah, leave your comments. Now, if you want to be a guest on the show, do not be hesitant. Male, female, don't matter. Get amongst the AP and us. I want to be able to get to know some more people and interview more people. So it'd be fantastic. All right, cheers, guys. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Peace out.